Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This show contains mature content and adult themes. It may not be suitable for young audiences. In 2017, Harvey Weinstein was outed as a serial sexual abuser. Many brave women came forward and told their stories. They exposed one of Hollywood's most powerful moguls as a vicious sexual predator who operated horrifically and seemingly without consequences. But Weinstein was standing on the shoulders of monsters. For so many years, those monsters remained unchecked in Hollywood, shielded by the millions of dollars they made for their studios. Sex for fame is not new. In fact, it's as old as Hollywood itself. This is Variety Confidential, the secret history of the casting couch. Today's episode is The Beast, Alexander Pantages. We'll go back nearly 100 years ago in the Variety archives to tell what one might call the origin of Me Too, about an early Hollywood mogul named Alexander Pantages. He loomed large over the entertainment scene of the 1920s and 30s in ways later emulated by hit makers slash sexual predators, such as Don Simpson, Harvey Weinstein, and so many others. Pantages used his money and power to behave horrifically. He successfully escaped justice thanks to an attorney who set the pace for lawyers made rich by clients who regularly abused vulnerable young men and women who were drawn to Hollywood by its promise of riches and fame. This season, we look at the secret history of the casting couch. Episode one, The Beast. From Variety and iHeart Podcasts, I'm Tracy Patton. Sitting next to me is Matt Donnelly, Variety's senior entertainment and media writer. Hi, Matt. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, it's great to have you here. So today, we're focusing on what we're calling character assassination. It's a frequently used tactic used against Me Too accusers in Hollywood also known as victim shaming. Harvey Weinstein was an expert at this. Absolutely. I think that, you know, time will prove that this is what uh, Harvey really excelled at as opposed to making and marketing films. Um, And he also (laughs) took it to such an incredible extreme. You know, Harvey, uh, as Ronan Farrow deeply reported, employed ex-Mossad agents to stalk victims, tap phones, uh, and also really work the press to inspire as much doubt as he could in his accusers. And of course, Harvey Weinstein wasn't the only accused abuser who used this tactic. Who were some of the others, Matt? I mean, this practice is sort of as old as the town itself. But if you know, some of the things that we've been looking at recently at Variety include the incredibly distressing allegations against Sean Combs, better known as Diddy or Puff Daddy. Mm-hmm. And even if you go back a couple of years ago to the scandal at Warner Brothers involving an actress named Charlotte Kirk, that ensnared the head of the studio, Kevin Shujahara. And especially, I think, in terms of that case, uh, really dissecting you know a woman's social media, how she positions herself in the world. Uh, it's, it's quite disturbing, but it's quite a frequent practice. Well, using the media to smear an accuser is not new. A lot of people don't know this, but for much of the last century, a victim's sexual history was allowed as evidence at trial 
trial. It became legally admissible after a state Supreme Court ruling in 1931. It's actually stunning how many actresses and models have been subject to this practice, and it's something that started 100 years ago. Yes, and it was pioneered in the case we're talking about today, which brings us back to Alexander Pantages. The case before the court was the trial of a Hollywood theatrical producer who was accused of statutory rape. His accuser was a 17-year-old dancer who wore a red dress to an audition, making her look older than she was. The court ruled that her sexual history was fair game at trial. That ruling negatively impacted women's lives nationwide. This was the first case that made this well-known, and it happened right here in Hollywood. So here's what happened. The California Supreme Court ruling in 1931 was the result of a high-powered, well-funded effort to protect one of Hollywood's biggest names. Had it failed, that man would have spent the rest of his life in prison. His name was Alexander Pantages. Before the Roaring Twenties, he had created a circuit of vaudeville theaters that numbered almost 100. He booked vaudeville acts that played between film screenings, a format Variety dubbed vaude film. The live acts included family entertainment, along with what Variety called cheap girl flash acts. He was a very powerful guy. He was also famous for something else, his romances. It became clear to Alexander Pantages that movies would replace vaudeville sooner or later. Talkies were in transition. His theaters catered to both. Alex had money, and he was decently handsome. The affairs came easily, but they also got him into trouble. You could often see Alex with women in dark corners of speakeasies. His wife, Lois, was nowhere to be seen. One affair went public after a bloody fight over a dancer. His arrest made the front page of the Los Angeles Times. And it was a woman, or actually a teenage girl, who led to his ultimate undoing. On August 9th, 1929, he was charged with assaulting a 17-year-old dancer named Eunice Pringle. Eunice Pringle studied dance and took acting classes in high school. She attended the University of Southern California for a year, but dropped out to pursue a career as a dancer. In early 1929, she met a Russian writer and actor named Nicholas Danyev. He was dark, handsome, and 45 years old. It was Danyev who set up an audition with Pantages. Vaudeville acts earned between $100 and $200 a week. That's about $2,500 today. Despite her years of preparation and weeks of rehearsal, the audition on May 1, 1929 did not go well. Instead of moving on to the next audition, Eunice and Nick persisted in trying to get Alex to hire them. And this is where things got strange. Over the spring and summer of 1929, Eunice tried to get in touch with Alex Pantages at least 12 times. That's once a week for three months. Eventually, Alex offered Eunice a one-time booking at his theater in Fresno. He also offered her a gig in a review, but she said no. Finally, he simply gave her the brush off, but she ignored it. Late in the afternoon of August 9, 1929, Eunice Pringle went to see Alex for what would be the last time. She wore a red crepe dress with a short red velvet jacket. She was shown up to the second floor and the waiting area outside Alex's large corner office. He was busy and invited her to watch a movie in the theater downstairs while she waited. She went down to the mezzanine, slipped in through the balcony entrance, and found a seat in the theater's top row. 
She waited through the entire last half of Melody Lane, Universal Studios' first movie musical. Alex eventually found her and escorted her back to the mezzanine up a short flight of stairs and into a utility room which was secluded from both the theater below and the offices upstairs. After a few minutes in the room alone with Alex, Eunice swung the door open and started to scream. Men from Pantage's office rushed downstairs to the mezzanine room. She pushed past them, fled down the stairs through the theater lobby, and out to Hill Street. She returned within minutes with a policeman, a traffic cop in tow. They went to the small room, but Alex was gone. She knew where to find him. She led the policeman upstairs to Alex's corner office. There he is, she said. The beast, the brute. Don't let him get away. Because she was underage, Eunice was taken to juvenile hall. A female officer found bite marks and abrasions on her neck and upper torso. Afterward, a staff doctor performed a thorough medical examination. Later, Eunice, accompanied by her mother, gave her statement to detectives. Variety reported what she said in a story titled A Very Nasty Mess. Quoting here, she stated she had been promised work by Alexander Pantages for almost a year and had frequently visited his office. She alleges Pantages told her to wait for him in the theater. Upon his return, she claims he invited her into a small room and closed the door. She told police Pantages started edging toward her, and when she protested, he suddenly struck her. Then she said she started to scream. Pantages put his hand over her mouth, and she fainted. She didn't remember what happened next. After his arrest, Pantages was taken in handcuffs to the Central Police Station. He was interrogated for five hours. Alex told the detectives that, after declining to book Eunice, he offered to help her find gigs in minor vaudeville houses up north. According to Variety, he claimed he was framed. The girl was the aggressor. She ripped her dress, dropped to the floor, and started to scream. He said it was an extortion scheme. He could book her act and pay her handsomely, or she'd accuse him of rape. The detectives didn't buy it. They booked him on suspicion of statutory rape. Alex had his mugshots and fingerprints taken. He spent hours in a cell waiting for his lawyer to bail him out. But no such luck. Alexander Pantages, theater magnate and Hollywood power player, spent the night in jail. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The Nick's anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nix's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. While he was behind bars, his life was turned upside down. News of his arrest went out over the wire services. The scandal blew up nationwide overnight. He was famously no friend of the press, especially the trades. He despised their negative stories about his business practices. Variety's nickname for him was synonymous with a bad review, Pan. That's an incredible nickname. Uh, you know, it's my experience in doing these kinds of stories at Variety that when any time an accused mogul wants to call his coverage negative, he should probably change his own actions first. <laughs> <laughs> well, meanwhile, with help from Nick Dunyaev's lawyer friend Theodore Gottstanker, Eunice sued Alex for $500,000, about $7.5 million today. If he was found guilty of statutory rape, he would probably die in jail. Alex's trial began on October 3, 1929, two months after he was arrested. He was accompanied to court by his daughter and two sons. The courtroom gallery was filled to capacity, including in the front rows about a dozen newspaper men. The press was out for blood, and so was the prosecution. Before the proceedings got underway, the prosecution petitioned the court to prevent testimony about Eunice's sexual history— after a lengthy debate, the judge ruled Eunice's sexual experience was inadmissible. It shouldn't have been a close call. The charge was statutory rape. The prosecution needed to prove just two things. One, that Eunice was underage, and two, that Pantages had sexual contact with her. If both were true, he was guilty. Her sexual history was irrelevant. It was that simple. Or it should have been. In District Attorney Buron Fitt's opening statement, he depicted Eunice Pringle as a young and innocent girl. Alex Pantages, on the other hand, was a millionaire theater owner old enough to be her father. He had led her on by falsely promising he would book her act. He then lured her to a secluded room in his office building where he, quote, attacked and debauched her. The defense opened by claiming that Eunice had ensnared Alex in an extortion scheme. The attorney zeroed in on Nick Dunyaev. After dropping Eunice off at the Pantages building on August 9th, Dunyaev had waited nearby at the law offices of Theodore Gottstanker, the same Mr. Gottstanker who filed the lawsuit against Pantages the next day. The lawsuit was part of the scheme, the attorney said. Eunice staged the so-called assault with Dunyaev as her accomplice. 
It was an attempt to frame Pantages and force him to pay them $500,000. In the afternoon, the jury traveled six blocks south to the former Pantages building. It had been recently sold to Warner Brothers. They were taken to the scene of the crime, the odd little room off the mezzanine. The purpose of the tour was to set the stage for Eunice's testimony the next day. She took the stand that morning dressed like a schoolgirl. Because of the high profile of the case, Buron Fitz, the district attorney, questioned Eunice himself. Fitz was a minor political celebrity in California, a former lieutenant governor, who liked prosecuting the rich and famous. After preliminary questioning, Fitz asked Eunice to take the jury through what happened in the mezzanine room on that August afternoon. We spoke of the hot weather, she said, and then of my act. And then I slipped off my little red coat. He took off his coat after asking if I objected. We were both seated, and he pulled his chair over and took my hand. Then he slid his arm along the back of my chair and along my shoulder. He said he wished I would be his sweetheart. He went on and on and said that he was crazy about me. He told me that he hated his wife. He would give me anything I wanted. I told him I was not interested, and I wished he would please be a gentleman. In American Zeus, author Tasso G. Lagos wrote about how Pantages pulled her to him and rose to his feet, Eunice said, trying to kiss her. She turned her head. He struck her on the chin. She recoiled and tried to get away. He pulled her to the floor and pinned her down, all the while whispering seductively. She begged him to let her go. When he wouldn't, she tried to scream. He clapped his hand on her mouth to stifle her. He kissed her throat. The kisses turned to bites. D.A. Fitz asked Eunice to show where Pantages bit her. She touched her left breast and then her left shoulder, but stopped in mid-gesture. She couldn't go on. She began to cry. Eunice composed herself. She'd fainted, she said. When she came to, they were on the floor. His pants were unbuttoned. Her dress was ripped. Eunice pushed him off and staggered to her feet. She noticed a spot on her dress, a dark, wet stain. She opened the door and started to scream. In the afternoon, Eunice was cross-examined by Pantages' lead attorney, Jerry Geisler. The Pantages trial was his first big case, but he will become one of Hollywood's most successful fixers. Decades before, private investigator Anthony Pelicano went to prison for helping top Hollywood attorneys fix problems. Geisler practically invented the practice. Over the years, his client list would include Marilyn Monroe, Lana Turner, Charlie Chaplin, Benjamin Bugsy Siegel, Errol Flynn, and many others. But it was this case, the Pantages rape trial, that put him on the map. You know, the archetype of the Hollywood fixer is very fascinating to me, and I think everyone at Variety. Uh, it's a certain set of skills, and God knows people like Marilyn Monroe had problems that needed to be fixed, but uh, I'm very curious yes. to see how he implemented you know, his practices, uh, and especially in terms of this case. Well, true to form, Geisler focused the jury on Eunice's clothing. He asked the judge to make Eunice change into the red dress she wore on August 9th. The prosecution objected, but the judge agreed to it. He called a recess while she changed clothes. When she returned to the witness stand, she was wearing the red dress, velvet jacket, and red pumps. 
Giesler asked her to model her outfit for the jury. After another heated debate, the judge allowed that too. Eunice stepped down and made a simple pass in front of the jury box. Giesler asked her to remove the jacket. She slipped it off, revealing the form-fitting sleeveless dress that accentuated her cleavage. Giesler had made his point. Decades of defaming and blaming the victims of sexual assault essentially began here. It's so interesting how, you know, someone like Giesler is using the principles of show business to sway a jury, right? Like it's literally trotting someone out and doing this sort of Mm -hmm. seduction in a way. Um, But what I can't help thinking of is uh, what you mentioned earlier about what uh, the defense had said is that the only two things that mattered were was Eunice underage and did he have sexual contact with her? But here we are with this, like, you know, this ridiculous circus in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. Giesler questioned her about her training as an actor, implying that her emotional breakdown earlier had been a performance. He also challenged her on the mechanics of the attack. How could Pantages hold your mouth shut with his right hand, pin down both your arms, and then somehow remove your underclothes and unfasten his pants? Why didn't you fight him off? When it was over, Eunice left the stand shaken and unsteady. The final prosecution witness was the forensics guy who'd analyzed the stain on Eunice's dress. His answer was unprintable in those days. Presumably, it was semen. After he stepped down, the prosecution rested. As its first witness, the defense called the defendant Alex Pantages. He complained that Eunice's visits that summer were annoying. When they sat down in the mezzanine room the day of the attack, he claimed she surprised him by grabbing his tie and pulling him toward her. He tried to get away. They struggled and ended up on the floor. She screamed and started ripping her clothes. He shoved her off, then claims that she ran off down to the lobby. During the cross-examination, Alex shut down under the DA's unfriendly grilling. He answered questions with a stubborn yes or no. On October 26th, the jury announced its verdict to a packed courtroom. Guilty as charged. Alex was sentenced the next day to 50 years in San Quentin. He was in his 50s, so this was a life sentence. Two days after the verdict, the stock market crashed, setting the stage for the Great Depression. The crash prompted one of Variety's most famous headlines, Wall Street Lays an Egg. Meanwhile, Jerry Giesler's team completed the appeal of Alex's conviction. The brief was 1,200 pages and focused on the judge's banning testimony about Eunice Pringle's sexual history. While the appeal was in the works, Pantages was held in county jail. Out of the blue, Alex was granted parole on $100,000 bond. But trouble found him again on October 30th. On a business trip to San Diego, a couple of his colleagues were partying at the El Cortez Hotel. They also hired a couple of girls from Hollywood to liven things up. Supposedly, these girls were underage. Again. Four months later, on March 10, 1931, Alex and his wife Lois crossed the border for a little R&R at the Agua Caliente Hotel south of Tijuana. But then Alex's lawyer showed up unexpectedly with some bad news— the San Diego district attorney planned to arrest Alex within 24 hours. The charge was contributing to the delinquency of a minor, along with a related conspiracy charge. The accusers were the girls he'd partied with in October. One of them, Lydia Nitto, was 16 years old. 
Alex admitted to the partying, but said he didn't touch Lydia Nitto or anyone else. He claimed he was being framed, again, in an attempt to ruin his chances for a retrial in the Pringle case. The girls had been procured from a trafficking operation called a Love Mart. Its specialty was providing underage girls for wealthy men. When the Love Mart's supply of girls was low, police said, they kidnapped girls from orphanages. Because of this, the press dubbed Alex's new scandal the Love Mart case. Alex's life took another upswing a few weeks later. On April 2, 1931, the California Supreme Court ruled in favor of his appeal. The court agreed with Jerry Giesler that Eunice's, quote, previous acts of unchastity should have been presented. They became relevant, the justices said, because the prosecution made her virginity an issue. The court ordered a retrial on the Pringle charges. In a statement to the press, Giesler predicted that the reversal would, quote, establish precedent and authority not only in California, but throughout the nation. He got that right. The ruling would set back rape victims' rights for decades. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The Nick's anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nick's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. In early June 1931, the Pantages Love Mart case went to trial in San Diego. 
The prosecution's first witness was Lydia Nitto, Alex's accuser. She gave a tearful account of an orgy at the El Cortez in October. But under cross-examination by Jerry Giesler, Giesler produced an affidavit proving that she was born in 1908. She was 22 at the time of the Love Mart orgy, not 16. The judge dismissed the statutory rape charge, but let stand the conspiracy to corrupt charge related to the other girl. Testimony continued for two more weeks. The jury deliberated for two days, but then deadlocked. A retrial was scheduled, but it never happened. Alex Pantages had dodged a second life-in-prison verdict. The retrial in the Pringle case began in the late fall. Because of the Supreme Court ruling, the defense was free to flip the tables and put Eunice on trial. They did it with the testimony of new witnesses. The most important new witness was the physician who examined Eunice on August 9th. According to the L.A. Times, the doctor, quote, expressed disbelief in Miss Pringle's account of her life prior to this time. In other words, the doctor found that Eunice had been sexually active before the incident. She was not a virgin. The jury deliberated for 64 hours. Their verdict reversed the previous jury. Not guilty. Later, Eunice spoke to reporters. The verdict shows the value the state of California places on its girls, she said. It shows me that a person who gave the best 10 years of her life fighting for justice is lost. It convinces me that the state will not protect its women. I can't get over how sort of profound that statement is and how so relevant it is today and, and even sort of prophetic. What, a, what an incredible woman yeah. who unfortunately had to suffer through all this. After the second trial, Eunice Pringle settled her $1.5 million lawsuits against Pantages for $3,000. She changed her name and her career. She married well and moved to La Jolla, an upscale seaside suburb of San Diego. Known there as Tony Worthington, she lived out her life in comfortable obscurity. She died in 1996 at the age of 84. The scandal did not bankrupt Alex Pantages. He had millions in the bank and millions more from the sale of his theaters. He announced plans to build new theaters in November 1935, but it was not to be. He died in his sleep on February 17, 1936. He left a lasting legacy, however. His last theater, the Hollywood Pantages, is still in business and remains one of the premier theatrical venues in the country. The Pantages trials have a legacy, too. Jerry Giesler's prediction came true. The California Supreme Court ruling became a precedent nationwide. Defense attorneys used it to put their clients' accusers on trial. Over time, courts ruled that certain behaviors could undercut a victim's accusation of rape. A rapist might go free if his accuser was known to dress provocatively, own condoms, or travel alone at night, or even if she drank, smoked, or used drugs. Eventually, however, there was a bright light. Congress passed the Violence Against Women Act in 1994. The act included a national rape shield law, a provision that reversed the Pantages precedent ruling six decades earlier. Today, the shield law remains an important legal tool in the search for justice in the era of Me Too. 
Given all this background, has the Me Too movement had an effect on the tactic of victim shaming and media smear campaigns? I think it's yes and no. I think one of the most important things that we saw in sort of that spectacular takedown of Harvey and the larger Me Too movement is that, you know, the general public are much more savvy about these sort of smear campaigns now. I think it's much less plausible and effective when, you know, the average Joe knows exactly what this tactic is and what it's designed to do. Um, so that's one good thing. So I'm I'm thinking even the level of, you know, when you're going to jury selection, I don't think that the average person would be so susceptible to uh, a stunt like as ridiculous as parading a young Eunice Pringle around in a red dress. And yet the whole media piece of this, though, how do you think that fits in the fact that what Harvey did with his media machine, as they called it? Absolutely. I think that by and large, Harvey's biggest contribution to the business was as a marketer. He really knew how to sell films and using the press and utilizing the press was a really important piece of that. I think one of the most important parts of Me Too is making journalists and larger media uh, question how they are complicit in certain things. So I, I would I would hope that that's definitely changed as well. Because it's interesting because he had that PR media machine that mm. Ronan Farrow had talked about in his article and Variety, everyone has talked about. Sure. Yet in the end, it didn't work, no, right? absolutely. It kind of backfired, especially yes. after, you know, especially toward the end when Harvey was really fighting for his life, you know, trying to comprise a legal dream team, trying to discredit each individual accuser from people as incredibly famous like Gwyneth Paltrow and Angelina Jolie. There wasn't enough for him to throw at the wall to convince even just the most rudimentary of, of people observing the case that this wasn't a desperate attempt to save his reputation. Regarding the Eunice Pringle case— mm-hmm. Do you have any final thoughts about that after now hearing this whole story? I, I, well, first of all, I just have a tremendous amount of respect for her. You know, I, I don't think that a lot of people, especially ones who become symbols of movements like these, have any intention of of becoming that. I think she wanted to be an actress and a performer and to find yourself unwittingly at the center of an unprecedented legal case after an assault like that is just, I, I have so much respect for her and her bravery. But more than that, I, I do think that it's, I think, a sadly necessary thing to sort of litigate, you know what I mean? And seeing someone like Geisler, who's also a really fascinating character too, it's always helpful to see these tactics reverse engineered so we know how to avoid them in our search for justice. It really shows you that history is not this steady climb toward the light, right? Like there's lots of peaks and valleys in our attempt for equity and fairness and nonviolence. Well, Thank you, Matt, for all your comments and your insights today. My pleasure. Thank you for telling me this incredible story about Eunice Pringle. And thanks for joining us for Variety Confidential's The Secret History of the Casting Couch. This has been Episode 1, The Beast. For Variety and iHeart Podcasts, I'm Tracy Patton. Variety Confidential is produced by Sidney Kramer, John Ponder, and Tracy Patton, and written by Stephen Gatos, John Ponder, and Tracy Patton. Executive producers are Daya Lawrence and Stephen Gatos. Additional research by Karen Mizoguchi. Recording engineer, editor, and mixer, Charles Carroll. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. 
From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.